Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Reverend Steve Kramer, and his message, Truths to Live By, Expect to Take a Hit. Have you ever felt persecuted for your faith? Today we are taking one final look at the Beatitudes of Jesus in our sermon series, Truths to Live By. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God of salvation, it is your will that all people might come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Inspire our witness to him, that all may know the power of his forgiveness and the hope of his resurrection. We pray this in his name. Amen. Yeah. 
Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1, 2, and 10. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart, in my heart, in my heart. In my heart. You don't run through an art gallery. You walk, slowly. It's important to stop and take the time to study a treasured work of art in order to appreciate it. You examine such things as the texture, the technique, the choice and mixture of colors, the subtle as well as the bold strokes of the brush and the shadings. You give it the time and thought it deserves. Well, in the Beatitudes, Jesus has painted with words a comprehensive portrait of a citizen of his kingdom, a Christian. And we have been carefully examining this portrait for the past seven Sundays, and we return to it today for one final session. So far, we've seen the kingdom of God citizen as a person who is on her knees before God, acknowledging her spiritual poverty and mourning over it. This makes her meek, God-controlled, humble and gentle before God as well as in all her other relationships. This individual hungers and thirsts for righteousness, God's righteousness in her life and in the world around her. She longs to grow in goodness because she understands that it's so much better than just chasing after the tangible prizes of the world. We see her with others out in the human community. Her relationship with God does not cause her to withdraw from society, nor is she insulated from the world's pain. On the contrary, she's in the thick of it, showing mercy to those battered by adversity and their sins. 
She's single-mindedly devoted to God and transparent and sincere in all her dealings with others and committed to play a constructive role as a peacemaker in other people's lives. All these are such beautiful qualities, aren't they? Today, though, we see this same person being persecuted by others. Jesus says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely in my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Some surface things jump out at us right away as we read this truth from the lips of Jesus. For instance, we know that it's the final beatitude, a rather somber one at that, and its blessing matches the blessing at the end of the first beatitude about the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven, which serves as a bookend and a reminder that all the Beatitudes are about living as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And one can't help but notice that this is the only Beatitude that Jesus expands upon. The two statements that follow it are a kind of elaboration of the Beatitude and a personalized application of its truth and message to all disciples of Jesus, moving from the third person to the second person. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and so on. Jesus seems to be waving a red flag here, letting his hearers know this is important for you to understand. Just like all the other Beatitudes paint this beautiful picture of what every Christian disciple is intended to be, we can conclude then that the condition of being persecuted, despised, and slandered by rejectors of the gospel is as much a normal mark of kingdom of God citizens as being pure in heart or merciful or any of the rest. It's just part of the portrait. And this beatitude is a bit shocking, unsettling. Because why would a person with all those other beautiful qualities receive such a negative response from others? Perhaps we'd better take a Closer look at the statement itself. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For righteousness' sake. But take note what the Beatitude doesn't say. It doesn't say blessed are those who are persecuted because they're objectionable and obnoxious or self-righteous. Or blessed are those who are having a hard time in their Christian life because they're being difficult people. It doesn't say blessed are those who are being persecuted because they're seriously lacking in wisdom and are really foolish and unwise in what they regard as being their testimony before others. It doesn't say blessed are those who are persecuted because they're overzealous or fanatical or blessed are those who are persecuted for religio uh, political reasons, mistakenly mixing politics and religion. No, what it says is, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. So what does it mean to live for righteousness sake? It means to live for God, to live under God's authority and rule. His kingdom is front and center in one's life. Jesus, in fact, said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
It's right living, doing the right thing. It's godly living, doing things God's way, following his commandments. It's witnessing to others of the gospel of righteousness that is uh, available through Jesus Christ. When you think about it, too, it means being like Jesus. He lived for righteousness' sake. He is the righteous one who lived out a perfect righteous life before God in order to give sinners a saving righteousness, righteousness with God through his perfect sacrifice on the cross. So since discipleship means allegiance to the suffering, persecuted son of righteousness, Jesus, it therefore shouldn't be surprising that Christians would be called upon to suffer right along with him and for him. For he did say, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me. Those who were like Jesus, living by his values, walking in his footsteps, living a godly, righteous life, can expect to take a hit from the non-Christian world. Jesus said, also, if the world hates you, remember they first hated me. The servant's not above the master. And the Apostle Paul learned this truth uh, through experiences, and so he passed on these words to, to Timothy. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So, we need to ask, why are those living for righteousness' sake like Jesus persecuted? And the answer to that is quite simple. Because they are different. They are lights in a world that prefers darkness and resents people who don't conform to its ways. Just look at the ministry of Jesus, who called himself the light of the world. There was something about him that condemned people like the scribes and Pharisees. Around Jesus, they felt all their righteousness was being made to look tawdry, showy, but worthless. They came to hate him because of his absolute holiness, righteousness, and truth. Or I think of Peter kneeling down before Jesus in that boat full of fish. Go away from me, Lord, for I am sinful. He saw the righteousness of Jesus and, saw his, and was condemned by that. Christ's righteousness may not even say anything, but just because uh, they are what they are in Christ as Christians and seeking to live righteously in God's sight, they can, in fact, make non-Christians feel uncomfortable, resentful, and even threatened. And persecution happens when two irreconcilable value systems, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God, clash with one another. The unregenerate world is still at enmity with God, you see, and hates him and his righteousness. He wants to do things its way, which is why it's such a mess in the first place. So it lashes out. Of course, there are people, when encountering the kingdom of God people, uh, seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, who will be moved to embrace Jesus Christ as Savior, and that's that's the goal. That's great. And some may just decide that the, that the Christ and God's kingdom is not for them. They're, they're fine with how you've chosen to live your life, but they decide to choose another path. You go your way, I'll go mine. They're not rejecting it with hostility. There's respect and tolerance there. 
But not everyone responds positively or with respect and tolerance. That's what Jesus is talking about in this beatitude. Expect some opposition. Expect to take some hits, even some persecution in your life if you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Sometimes it'll be mild and subtle, bruising the ego a bit, getting finding yourself getting excluded from certain social circles or overlooked from advancement in the office or a loss of status and credibility in the eyes of peers, being called prudish or ostracized for not being one of the guys who go out and gets drunk, or, or saving your uh, virginity for marriage uh, gets poked at, Ten-year-old, uh, I, I read a story about a ten-year-old girl at a slumber party, and the uh, kids were watching a TV show with some very questionable morality going on, and she asked, I wonder if Jesus would like this, and the em embarrassed hosting parent turned it off immediately. The story ends with, but that girl was never invited to another slumber party with her friends. Very subtle. And there are other forms of rejection that are, are a little more out there, maybe having a door slammed in your face or being told to leave the premises. And uh, uh, Pastor John Kessler shares his personal story. He says, when I was a student in seminary, my friend Tom and I were going door to door sharing the gospel. At one point, a balding pot-bellied man in a white undershirt answered, the man listened to us for a few seconds, but as soon as he realized what we were there to talk about, he slammed the door in our faces hard. Something about the way it happened made me feel really bad, embarrassed and humiliated by it. I wonder why I had wanted to knock on the doors in our neighborhood in the first place. To, to tell you the truth, I was feeling pretty sorry for myself and resolving never to attempt something like this again. When my friend Tom said something, I'll not forget. John, he said, that man thinks he slammed the door on our faces, but he didn't. Not really. He just slammed the door in Jesus' face. And if we experience mild persecution where religious freedom is upheld, like in the United States, then imagine the challenge Christians face when they live out their commitment to the kingdom in places where opposition is severe where the institutions are corrupt and powerful, where government controls by coercion and force, where injustice occurs and human dignity is ignored. And that's happening all over the globe. Statistics tell us that more than 200 million Christians in over 60 nations face severe persecution every day for righteousness' sake. Christianity is seen as a threat by other religious groups and governments. The Christian faith, in fact, has a long history of suffering persecution from the very beginning. Just read the book of Acts and, and Fox's Book of Martyrs. And remember, there was Tyndale and Wilberforce and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was imprisoned under Hitler because of his kingdom convictions, and Martin Luther King, Jr., who was jailed many times and eventually assassinated over kingdom convictions. I remember Martin Luther during the Reformation uh, reading uh, that he reckoned this kind of suffering among the marks of the true church, 
describing it as the community of those who are persecuted and martyred for the gospel's sake. So suffering for the faith is a mark of true Christian discipleship. So don't be surprised and caught off guard and fall. Jesus is telling those who follow him and serve him in this world, stick with seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness no matter what, instead of giving in to the temptation to quit and just fit in. In fact, consider yourself blessed by God, Jesus said, when persecution comes. Listen to his words of assurance again, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Just as uh, he will be face to face with you in heaven, God is present with you now and forever. And when persecution, reviling, slandering comes your way, instead of retaliating or sulking like a child or licking your wounds in self-pity or just grinning and burying it stoically or giving up, Jesus says, rejoice and be glad. Why? Three reasons. First, partly because your reward is great in heaven at the end. We may lose everything on earth, but we shall inherit everything in heaven. And this is not a reward for merit, because the promise of heaven is free to us. The reward may simply be, well done, good and faithful servant, as we stand before God in all his glory. And persecuted citizens of the kingdom can also rejoice because persecution is a token of genuineness, a certificate, a badge of Christian authenticity. Jesus points out, for so men persecuted the prophets of the Old Testament who were before you. Persecuted citizens of the kingdom of God belong to a very noble succession. Biblical commentator Martin Lloyd-Jones writes in his book, uh, Studies in the Sermon on the Mount, that if you're becoming like Jesus, persecution is inevitable. But then he goes on to say this, but that is a glorious thing. If you find yourself being persecuted for Christ and for righteousness sake, you have in a sense got the final proof of the fact that you are a Christian, that you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You're different. And a final reason why Christians rejoice at persecution is because they're suffering on Christ's account for his sake, out of loving loyalty to him and his standards of truth and righteousness. They are, in essence, glorifying and honoring him before others with their suffering. It's a privilege. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain, the Apostle Paul said. It's a way of saying, my Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. There's an old Isaac Watts hymn I want to finish with today that captures the essence of this beatitude, and it begins with questions. Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease, while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? Are there no fires for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this vile world a friend to grace to help me on to God? And the answer, of course, to those questions is no, we're not exempt. But then he reminds us in the next verses, neither are we alone. He writes, sure, I must fight if I would reign. Increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil, endure the pain supported by your word. 
The saints in all this glorious war shall conquer though they die. They see the triumph from afar and seize it with their eye. When that illustrious day shall rise and all thy armies shine, in robes of victory through the skies, the glory shall be thine. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, keep you in his light and truth and love now and forever. Amen. Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. When I grabbed that thing and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head and I I heard it just like you and me are talking. 
Don't kill yourself with that gun. You kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one, that's, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. <laughs> I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And mm. I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me again of how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use Amen. a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. <laughs> <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.